0: Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 91, and I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for you to introduce me there. I know. <laughs> I kind of forgot about you. Well, Jeremy, I have a question for you. Are you more of a beach guy or a mountains guy?
0: You know, that's an interesting question, because... I would say I'm more of a mountains guy, but I, as of this summer, I would probably enjoy the beach a little bit more. Okay. Because I actually went to the beach this summer. So, if,
1: if you were stranded somewhere for an undisclosed amount of time, perhaps four years maybe, to disclose that amount of time, Okay, would you rather be stranded
0: in the mountains or on the beach? Well, I've seen the movie that we're covering today, and I would know exactly how to do that. Um... But I've also read Hatchet. Hatchet, that's a good book. So I didn't I,
1: pass the accelerated reader test
0: on it, but it was a good book. <laughs> so I don't know. I, th- today we're covering the 2000 film uh, Castaway, a film that not only showcases uh, Tom Hanks' uh, extraordinary talent, but also a character that embodies the indomitable spirit of the human soul, if you will. That you're gonna say, and also his nipples.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So I picked this movie. This is one of my favorites growing up, and I really wanted to talk about it specifically because this movie, Castaway, influenced probably one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. Oh no. Do you do you remember the Castaway like parody?
0: I don't think so. Super Bowl commercial.
1: Well, obviously, like, if you've seen the movie... it
0: Was it a FedEx commercial or a Wilson commercial?
1: Honestly, I can't... Well, I don't even <laughs> remember what the commercial was for. I just remember, like, the joke was, like... Oh. It was, you know, after you watch this movie, you're kind of left wondering, oh, what was left in that package mm-hmm. that he returned at the end of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And the joke was, like, he, he returns it to the owner, and instead of, like, you know knocking and no one answers the owner is there and like answers the door and like gets the package from Mm -hmm. him so it's like an alternate ending yeah and so he's like oh just so you know that that package saved my life and they're like oh okay cool whatever you know and he's (laughs) like oh by the way like what was what was in that package by the way (laughs) <laughs> and They, they like, open it up, and they're just like, oh, we have, like, a satellite phone. There's, like, a hatchet in here. And okay. Pulling out all the, like, fishing okay. rod, all this stuff. <laughs> all the stuff that he would have needed that would have been perfect on the island. And that's, like, one of my, like, favorite commercials. I just remember that as a I kid. don't
0: think I've ever seen that, but I, that was a theory I had. I I'm going to bring it. up today.
1: I'm going to find it and uh, put it in the show notes. Okay. Because it's got to be on YouTube somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what if he had a... What if there was a satellite radio in there? Yeah. That would have been crazy. <laughs> would you have... Uh, let me ask you this way. Okay. I, we're kind of jumping into the meaning and psychological torture of this movie. As we but, do. But um, do you think that you would have given yourself that one goal, like the psychological goal of delivering the last package to keep you sane, or would you have just opened them all?
1: Um, I probably would have... Opened it up eventually, mm-hmm. but that's the thing—they don't really say that specifically in the movie. Like, is that his reasoning for keeping that one? I mean, open? Is why it, else? Is it, is it to like have a reason to like keep going? To like, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to deliver this this package.
0: That's what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was so desperate to deliver that package. Like, had there been a crippled boy on that island, he would have stole his bike <laughs> and delivered it. Yeah, I did like that running joke at the beginning how this like the story kept compounding and getting worse like <laughs> they kept exaggerating it even more
0: mm-hmm okay well so I, for I the think people I that would haven't...
1: have I think I would have I probably would have opened it up eventually okay because by the time like <laughs> I would have given up hope after a certain amount of time I would have just opened it up I feel like yeah
0: okay john I think we've you? completely jumped right into this okay movie like we've like we started out just in, like in the body, deep end. Yeah. Mm. Um
1: before we go any deeper then, one thing that's always stuck with me is at the very beginning of the movie, just to derail us further, jump uh-huh. Um, when the kid delivers the package and he's like, Oh, congrats Nikolai, you delivered your first FedEx package and he opens up that suitcase yeah. and it's just filled with candy bars and C D players and That's not like- the
0: first Nikolai he's persuaded to deliver food. <laughs>
1: I've always wondered: Did he have that entire package just to give out snacks to people, or was that like why he was so chubby at the beginning of the movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was just to he give just out to people out. as incentive. Okay. okay, not snacks out; it's for incentive because yeah. he had CD players and CDs and everything like unopened.
1: Yeah, but there was like Snicker bars and paydays and all that in there too. It was just—it was that's all it was filled with was just goodies. Yeah, it's not a bad way to travel. I just need a goodie bag. You know what I'm saying?
0: I, I there's no way of understanding this.
1: All right, back it back into the. Deep no, I'm now.
0: derailed. <laughs> How, why would he bring a suitcase full of that stuff if he only needed to give that to one kid?
1: Exactly. Was he was he giving them out to all the workers there?
0: Or is he just thorough and wants to give them a choice? No, that's thoughtful.
1: I think it's his own stash. <laughs> I think it's his <laughs> <Kids>. own supply. <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> that doesn't really make that much sense, I guess.
1: I figure he seems like someone that travels a lot, right? So mm-hmm. he probably goes to all these hotels and raids the minibar, and he gets all these chocolate bars and just fills it up. I don't know where he gets the CD players from, but he probably is traveling and just needs one. Jonathan,
0: so um, I want you to... I'm
1: on castaway theory mode right okay, now. Okay,
0: but I want you to know something that there is a... um place of business where people can purchase said items um, that will be in here not in Russia called Walmart
1: not in Russia
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but where did you been where where did he come from (laughs) he came from Memphis America (laughs) Memphis America home of the Walmart
1: (laughs) did it really come from no I came
0: from Bentonville Arkansas Arkansas
1: actually Arkansas to be specific
0: yeah Mm. but it's a bordering state And Memphis is pretty much Arkansas anyways.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to say that Tom Hanks was a little pudgy at the beginning of this movie. He
0: had to be. (laughs) So, yeah, I think he lost like 40 to 50 pounds. Yeah. Which, and grew his hair out, and grew his beard out. Yeah. And got a tan. Yeah. He was literally out there for four four years. Could be true. Yeah. Well, how long did this movie take to film?
1: Well, actually I think it was only about a year or it was like 18 months or 14 months. I I, I did watch some behind the scenes, so
0: How did he age like that though?
1: How did he age?
0: Oh, did they they film the fat scenes actually before it was or after
1: before. So okay. they filmed all that and then they then they took a pause in the production for 14 months. Oh, and then came back okay. and they filmed the rest of it. Okay. Um but I from from what I watched beforehand, I guess they started talking about this movie back in, like, 94. So it was, like, kind of being talked about for a long time. hmm And because um, he had just done Forrest Gump with the director, Robert Zemeckis. So they were, like, and he directed Castaway also. So I think they were wanting yes. to work together again. Okay. And they had this idea of, like, a survival Castaway-type story of someone, like, um, stranded on a desert island. I can't remember exactly what, like, inspired them to go with that story, but they hired a writer, and the writer of this movie, like, as a way to, like, prep himself, he, like, went and spent, I don't know how long, a couple weeks, just, like, stranded on the desert to, like, help him in his writing process. Yeah. And so he, or not the desert, (laughs) on an island. Desert island. Yeah. 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 So he did that and um he had he had some help of like people trying to teach him like survival skills and stuff like that beforehand but um do you know any of this by the way?
0: Or, I do not. Uh, the uh and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners don't either. Okay,
1: okay. Um uh, the uh the whole bit like Wilson was actually inspired like a I got differing accounts. One person said it was a soccer ball, one said it was a volleyball, but like a ball did like actually wash up on shore while he was out there. Interesting. And he just found himself like talking to it naturally. Yeah. That's like the most realistic thing. And so that's like what inspired the Wilson bit of the movie, which is iconic. Just like everyone knows Wilson. He should have got a supporting Uh, actor award. This is a
0: movie that makes you cry over a volleyball. That's right. It's amazing. (laughs) So if you haven't seen this movie and you have no idea what's going on right now, maybe we should come up with a a little bit of a summary. Okay. Basically, this guy, Tom Hanks or Chuck Noland, he's a higher up in uh, FedEx, the company, Mm -hmm. and he's obsessed with time and getting things on schedule, and he's work obsessed, and he doesn't have time for his family or his future wife. Um, And he just puts work first. Mm. Classic, classic movie trope, honestly. Um, And then he gets into a little plane crash. Just a little one. Just a little plane crash. Survives. No one else does. And... There he's cast away on an island, mm-hmm. very simple premise uh, super complex movie <laughs> yeah, uh and then he I'm not gonna spoil it, but he does find shoes, <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: goodness, um, they didn't quite fit. He had to cut the ends off, but yeah,
0: I watched this movie when I was probably four years old, Jonathan mm-hmm, and that I know we're corpse. Was so real. How did that not freak me out? Yeah. Dad I, mom and dad let me watch this. <laughs>
1: we just thought it was a fun little watch, you know, like I'm just noticing we're having a lot of themes of death on the podcast, last few episodes. I think so. Um I remember that as though like when I watched it. I feel like that was very realistic. That was something that kinda like shocked me when I watched it. It
0: shocked me when we just watched it. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> it's gross. Yeah.
1: In some of the the interviews with the director and stuff, they were talking about um being influenced by like Robinson Crusoe, which is like the classic Desert Island story, I guess. Mm. Which I've never read or seen. Is there like a movie adaptation of that?
0: Robinson Crusoe? I just remember the the old Chick fil A calendars where they did Old liter- literacy books, and one of the months was Robinson Calmuso, cow Kerm- Calmuso, oh. and it was like a cow dressed up as Man. a desert island cow. <sighs> Chick fil A calendars, I should bring them back. I mean, the app's pretty good. Oh, oh okay, it's in the app. <laughs> Chick fil A calendars were cool, with but they but got like, the whole like they had a coupon every month, but like yeah,
1: but what about like the designs for all like the puns and stuff that's each so true. month.
0: They've kind of gotten away from like the obnoxious cows,
1: hmm.
0: which oh. they should bring back.
1: Oh, what were you saying? <laughs> I have no idea what I was saying, actually. Where did you? Oh, Robinson Crusoe. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember watching as a kid was uh, uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Do you remember that one? It was like an old Disney movie. Yeah, I remember liking that I'm one a lot. Of... I thought it was funny. I liked it. Um, but the directors were talking about, you know, classic the classic um,
0: survival survival
1: story and on a desert island that sort of thing, and they wanted this to be not. I guess what the with the the trope of some of those stories is like the person has to learn like a moral lesson, like by the end in, in terms yeah. of like they have a change of heart. They were this way. You kind of started talking mm-hmm. about how he was, like, obsessed with time and kind of a workaholic. Yeah. And there is some of that. He's, like, very preoccupied with that. But I wouldn't say that he's, like, a bad person, Mm-mm. so to speak. Even though he did steal that kid's bike to deliver a package. He borrowed it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he's just not in touch with his good side of his humanity. But they didn't want to make it something where, like, um, you know, this person that is, like, this this person gets a new lease on life and has a change of heart and that sort of thing. They, they were kind of wanted to approach it. Not that that's bad, but in a way that's like, what if this just happened to just anybody? Yeah. And also they were and, and not someone that deserves it. Yeah. We know, don't want to not root for him on the, on right. the island. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that he, he wasn't changed or anything like that. Um, and that he didn't learn from that experience, but they kind of wanted to go that approach to it. Mm-hmm. And one thing I thought was interesting was they said that the idea for the movie was was that surviving is easy, living is hard. And I I I thought that kind of spoke to I guess two aspects. One is one thing that makes this this movie different than other stories is like usually when the person gets rescued that's the end of the movie. Yeah. But this one keeps going. Yeah. And you see the aftermath of how do you keep going after going through an experience like that, how do you keep going when you feel like you've lost everything? How do you hold on to hope? Yeah. Great stuff. Great. I feel like the I feel like the best stuff of the movie is the ending mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> That's the most emotional stuff that went way over my head as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is a cool survival, you know, desert island story.
0: Yeah. The ending is also left super ambiguous. Mm. Which is on purpose. I want to
1: talk about the ending. Maybe near the end of the episode. Oh. Because I feel like near the end, we'll probably come to a crossroads. Okay. We can discuss it then.
0: All right. Well, um, let's put it this way. How long do you think you would survive on this island? <laughs> hmm. Which one of us would last longer? <laughs> if it was a timed trial.
1: If it was a timed trial. <laughs> um, I think one thing that this movie shows... I'm dodging the question here. <laughs> um, is like, maybe not everyone would survive for that long sort of thing, but like people are much more capable than they think they are. Yes. Like they people can withstand a lot more than they think that they can withstand or handle. Yeah. I feel like that's something that, I don't know, I recognized in the movie. So I feel like I could last a long time.
0: Do you ever feel like you'll you'll end up in one of these situations at some point in your life?
1: I haven't thought about that lately, but I feel like as a kid, as I was growing up, I considered that more often. Maybe because I was influenced by this movie. Yeah, but like you kind of thought maybe because we were in scouts, we're like, is there a situation where I could be on a desert island and like
0: have to survive? What would I yeah. do? I feel like I thought about that a lot as a kid. I I still think about that <laughs> every time we get on a plane. I'm I have a game plan. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: I think about that anytime we we experience the slightest bit of turbulence on a plane. I'm like, we're going down. <laughs> we're going
0: down.
1: <laughs> Side note: When he does get rescued, and he's like, they show him on a plane like flying back. Do you think he would have gotten on a plane? I have two. What he are the chances it would happen twice? Right, right. I mean, like, he's faced so much. He's just like, whatever. I'm just going to get back up on the plane. Yeah. It's better than being stuck on the island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, wouldn't he be traumatized? Oh, that was one that thing. That was four years ago. That I was going to say, that was actually something I, I heard in one of the interviews. They, they talked about how, like, had he, like, survived the plane crash and gotten rescued within a day or a few days or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been a much more like traumatic event for him. Like, he would have had like the PTSD but the actual surviving. But, but having like been there on the island and just having to continue for yeah. so long and time and time. And like, that's that worse. wasn't the hardest part. Yeah. The plane crash wasn't the hardest part, you know? Whoa. So I guess maybe that's why he just got on the plane. He didn't care, you know? Hmm. There's a, because like, I mean, I've I mean, heard stories. you of,
0: expect? I mean, did you take a boat the rest of the way down there?
1: There's, so, I mean, the person I'm thinking of right now is a celebrity who was in, a, who survived a plane crash, Travis Barker. He's the drummer of Blink-182. Oh. He, in like 2008, him and some friends were like in a plane crash and he survived. And like for a long time, like he did not go on a plane. I think I heard recently he, like he goes on planes now. Yeah. But like anytime he did like concerts, like internationally... He would he would take a, a boat over. He'd like <laughs> take a cruise with his family and with his kids or whatever, and go there.
0: Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Makes so sense.
1: I was thinking about him like being traumatized to, to like not want to go on a plane.
0: Yeah. So basically, I feel like I feel like it's always you never have a story. Maybe we should make this story somehow. But like, oh, there's okay. never a a TV show or a movie that's just like. There's a plane crash, and now you'll be rescued in, like, five weeks Mm -hmm. at the most. It's never, like, a short term. It's always, like, living. You have to figure out how to live on this island for years, Mm -hmm. like Gilligan's Island, or Lost, or Castaway, Mm -hmm. or Swiss Army Man, or, you know.
1: Yeah, Gilligan.
0: Even Steven's Mm movie. (laughs) Um. I like to see if Mother
1: of Pearl, Beans! Mother, <laughs> Mother of Pearl! <laughs>
0: Sorry, I guess. Did you see that clip on TikTok yeah. too? <laughs> we have the same for you page. Also, I've seen that movie so many times. True. I just saw it very recently. What well, was their excuse on the <laughs> plane, Beans?
1: <laughs> uh, Gilligan's Island, I watched that a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, our aunt and uncle would watch me, um, like before I could go to school kind of like between like two and four years old. And like every day I remember I'd watch, after like all the kids' shows were on, you know, like Sesame mm-hmm. Street and all that stuff, it'd start going into old TV reruns. Yeah. And it'd be Perry Mason, which is the most boring show. I can't believe I would like sit and watch that. <laughs> but really I was just waiting for that to be over so I could watch Gilligan, Gilligan's Island. I watched that all the time. That's that's the classic uh Desert Island TV show sitcom.
0: Yeah, until (laughs) Lost.
1: Until Lost. Have we talked about Lost on the podcast yet? I don't think so. I don't know what else to talk about. Well, that's why we haven't been posting much this summer is because me and Jeremy started watching Lost at the beginning of the summer. But yeah, we started watching Lost. We were looking for a show to just kind of be able to watch here and there. And it's one that neither of us ever watched. Just like we didn't watch it when it was first on. It's it's like
0: widely known as the greatest TV show of all time. By like some. Like top, top ten. Yeah. Okay, greatest TV show of all time and top ten are yeah. different things. Or ten different things.
1: <laughs> I feel like I had always heard about how it ends. I don't actually know how it ends, or at least I don't remember how it ends. Yeah, I just heard that it was unsatisfying. So that kind of put me off actually starting well, the show. Well, to be
0: fair, most every single popular TV show ends horribly. Because they milk it for seasons. Yeah.
1: But uh what what are your thoughts on Lost? We've we've finished season one and we just started the first couple episodes of season two.
0: I've given a rooting for them. Okay. <laughs> they all suck and also like it's they're never gonna get saved. It's just like a serious cliffhanger version of Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Mm-hmm. So you might as well make it funny. <laughs> I've stopped feeling sorry for these people.
1: I'm still rooting for Hurley. He's the best. Of course. Of course. Um It keeps
0: getting weirder and weirder.
1: That's and, kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I might even be losing a little bit of interest. Actually. Me as well. <laughs> I was really on board and then like we got near the end of season one and it just it keeps going like off in weird directions and I'm having Nothing a hard time. Nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets resolved. You don't I don't know. I'm having a hard time even remembering what happened in previous episodes because it's just we've
0: just been on the island so long. Yeah, we got to see it through, my boy. Though we got to, to see it, see it through. through.
1: But I have been enjoying it. I I, I thought it was really cool, just especially in near the beginning, just seeing like how, just from the survival, you know, aspect of it, of just like oh, getting supplies together, forming this kind of community of survivors, and trying to figure out. I secretly always
0: wanted to be a part of a plane crash. (laughs) Like, being in a survival situation (laughs) sounds so cool to me. Yeah. I watch a lot of Bushcraft videos on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I've watched Alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Man vs. Wild back then. Mm -hmm. I'm an Eagle Scout, as well as all four of us. We kind of grew up Thinking that we would have to, at some point in our lives, survive.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do have my wilderness survival merit badge. I did not get my desert island survival merit badge, though.
0: Yeah, but you did that badge in Florida, so it counts. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, so we were in
1: Scouts, and I feel like, going back to your question about, like, thinking about, I guess, being in survival situations... I I just feel like I, Scouts seems like so far away, like so far removed from me, from my current version of myself. It's (laughs) kind of weird to think back about me being in Scouts. So I don't know how long I would survive in a survival situation. (laughs) (laughs) Or I feel like all the knowledge is there and it's just going to click when I'm there and I'm just going to be in go mode.
0: Do you think you're more willing to be outdoorsy as you now versus when you were in scouts which you weren't outdoorsy at all (laughs) in scouts well what do you mean outdoorsy like you think you'd be interested in camping and hiking and stuff like that surviving no (laughs) oh okay i I don't know it was
1: it was more of a social thing for me for scouts i i liked some of the stuff we did but some of it i didn't i thought was kind of (laughs) boring I was just there because, like, I liked hanging out with my friends for a lot of it. But I think I also got tired of, like, doing the same things. So, like, for example, you have talked about wanting to do, like, the AT. And I've done, like, certain sections of the AT. Yeah. I don't want to go back and do that section. Like, I want to go to a different part of the country and hike those sections. Because I feel like I've just, like, camped in just Florida or, like, very, like, (laughs) So, in the south. Yeah. Like, I haven't, I've never gone out west and camped. So I feel like if I went to more interesting places, mm-hmm. I'd be more interested in like being outdoorsy. Okay. But I, I'm just like tired of like going back to my initial question at the beginning. Am I more of a beach person or a mountains person? I'm more of a beach person, I think. But I don't, I think the reason I don't like the mountains is I get so bored just looking at trees. Like I, you, you know what I mean? Like that's why I get What's so. What's out
0: there? Just waves. I I like a vast open space that I can see. Like yeah, it, that's people get that. You just gotta climb up the mountain to you, get that. Yeah,
1: you spend all day and you get thirty minutes at the top, and then you hike back down. And then you're looking at trees again
0: with no sand in your cheeks.
1: <laughs> like I love it when like I like I'm going for a drive and there's like a nice wide open area that I can see. Yeah. It's like a scenic area, but like if you're just driving and it's just like trees on either side of the the road, I just like, mm. I, I don't care. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't look at that tree and say, oh, wow, look at that tree.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm not dogging on beach. I, I think yeah. I enjoy beach now, mm-hmm. um, but I've always been more of a mountains person, hmm. and I feel like if I had to survive... I would probably do better in the mountains. Mm. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because I grew up in Florida and I did eight years of Boy Scouts in Florida. Yeah. And, uh, fishing would be easier.
1: Fishing would be easier, but then like, I'm just thinking of like, actually like cleaning and gutting a fish. I've never done that. That's not. Hard. So I'm just going to eat it raw.
0: Well, yeah, if you don't have fire. <laughs> You'll figure these things out once I'll you figure, get out I'll there, f- I will I'll figure it out. It's yeah. all going to click. It's
1: going to come back in. I'm going to be treating everybody for shock. and
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All our first aid stuff in scouts was like, what's the first step of treating for this? Treat for shock.
0: What is shock, Jonathan? I could not tell <laughs> you. Oh. <laughs> <sighs>
1: It it'll click though when I'm in an emergency situation. You just wait. I'm gonna save your life. John is about to
0: become a nursing major. Go back to school. <laughs> I've figured since we were on scouts we talk about our wilderness survival merit oh, badge. Yeah, go for journeys. it. Journeys. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you about yours and then
1: So uh for the wilderness survival merit badge, you had to learn a lot of different things, but the big part of it to get the badge was like you had to survive in the wilderness. You had to build your own shelter yeah. and like sleep in it for a night. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but I pretty much cheated.
0: Did you really? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause like I didn't really make it out of like natural things I found like in the woods. Okay. I just, I had like a poncho, <laughs> it, like a, I don't know, vinyl, whatever material yeah. poncho, like big poncho. And I just staked that into the ground. The two ends. There it had rings. It was like basically like a big square almost. And I just staked the two into the ground and then the other two I just tied around like these two trees that were close together. So it was just like a lean to shelter. Uh huh. But it was just my poncho. <laughs> and that you was my, and I and I slept under it. <laughs> and that was You're it. so
0: resourceful.
1: And they, wow. I, it got me by. I, I don't know. They let me do it.
0: <laughs> that's I, crazy. The only, the
1: only thing I probably was like, I cleared the area underneath. And maybe like, <laughs> may, I don't know, that's all I remember. Maybe I made some a leaf pile for my pillows. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetic. That was miserable.
0: Oh. I, it's okay.
1: Even if you cheated, I won't call the police. And you know what? You know why I even had the idea to do that? I... Uh, Justin told me our older bro- is it, our older brother. He
0: did the same thing cuz he was on the camp out with us. Oh.
1: It was like when I was a brand new scout. And oh, he was still okay. In. And I was like looking for stuff to make so I was like looking for sticks. I don't know what to do. And <laughs> he was just like, "Why don't you just take that poncho and tie it up?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> older brother being so he
1: told me what to do
0: and it wasn't even I mean, it, it got me I mean, the merit badge. Honestly, batch, if though. you're in a survival situation and you have a poncho, you're using that. Yeah. That's the best option. But I
1: also brought a tent with me on that camp out, and I couldn't <laughs> <Okay>. use that.
0: <laughs> okay, how come planes don't come with, like, tents <laughs> packed in mm. in their survival kit? Anyways, would have been good. Maybe they do. Uh, okay, so, so what, did, what did you do for yours? <laughs> mine, My first attempt, I w- as a new scout, I was scared out of my mind to sleep outside. Mm-hmm. Of the tent. I don't know why. I had no problem sleeping in a tent. As long as I could zip it up, and nothing can eat me. No bear can get past that zipper. No, not at all. Um, and the first time I did it, and I built my shelter and everything, and I was ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there was like a spider's nest I built it on of. And there was like hundreds of spiders all over. And I said, Nope. And I went back to my tent, and I did not get the merit badge. <laughs> and then a year later, we went back and did the same thing. Hmm. And I made sure not to go to that same spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I may have also cheated, because I built a mega shelter with two other scouts. Okay. And hmm. well, the three of us slept in the shelter. And that was way more fun. I'll allow it. I mean, better than using a poncho. We just <laughs> yeah, it. for sure is. <laughs> we built like palm fronds it was like a dome it wasn't like necessarily yeah. a lean to it was like a dome mm-hmm. and uh i was pretty proud of it i would i would have stayed in it another night it's honestly one of my best favorite memories
1: you just reminded me of two two other people there that built shelters when i did yeah one was i was just going to remark there was one kid that was my age that was a new scout that was really good and he like made a, a great shelter yeah and I was just reflecting back, like, I feel like some of the people that that stuff came more naturally to aren't the people that, like, stuck with scouts. <laughs> but it was Andrew Boust. Oh, And really? he had, like, a great shelter. Like, I remember it being, like, really good. But the other one was, like, one of the older scouts. It was the Scoutmaster's son, Daniel. Yeah. He was, like, he already had the badge, but he just wanted to make one and do it for the fun of it. I'm I would like, do that again.
0: I'm like, what are you doing, man? You got a tent. Yeah.
1: Anyway, he made one. We thought about it was so good. Like, it wasn't like as big and stuff. It was very minimal, mm-hmm. but it was strong. Like he actually like used like you know those like palm fronds and like yeah, and he, he like, weaved it. He took the leaves off and used it as rope and things yeah. like that. I'm telling you, that thing was there for years. My entire <laughs> scouting career. No, because we did this on the scoutmaster's property, and like we would come back every year yeah. and like camp at the same place. And, like, every year we'd come back and, like, his shelter is still here. Like, even through, like, the hurricane years, like, it survived oh the hurricane. Goodness. Like, finally, finally, like, by the time I got to the end, like, 16, 17 or whatever, <laughs> like, it had pretty much, like, fallen off. But it was there for years. That's and we would crazy. always, like, man,
0: he built a shelter. No, he <laughs> built a home. <laughs> he built himself a log cabin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They didn't really show
0: Tom Hanks build
1: a shelter in the movie. No, they didn't. He just like he he just slept in the cave, like he he stayed in the cave, I guess. Which is shelter,
0: yeah, makes sense. But they never see him
1: like he doesn't really he didn't like really make like a living area on the beach. Really, he just like had his stuff out there.
0: Yeah, but that was kind of it. He could have at least built a door.
1: (laughs) Do you want to talk about Wilson? Did you know
0: that Wilson? Volleyball, like the sports company that makes mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. has an official Castaway Wilson licensed volleyball that you can with buy with its printed, like the blood handprint. Tom makes blood on it. Yeah, real blood. No, just his just his printed blood. You what? can purchase that on their website, and I really want to do that. And if there's anybody out there um, looking to get me a Christmas present, wink, 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 wink. Um, that would be really cool.
1: I was thinking about that. That seems like we always talk about, like, oh, if we had the podcast set, what would we put in there? You know, yeah, we need we need a Wilson volleyball. Yeah, we do for the for the podcast studio Mark that we that don't down. have. Mark that down. I remember that scene too. Like as a kid, it's like, oh man, he's gonna he's about to cut his hand. There's gonna be blood everywhere. I remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that scene, and then also the the ice skate toothache mm. scene was probably the most gruesome oh no the stabbing your foot underwater that was that was bad for me
1: was that his foot or was it like his side i always I, thought it was like his love handles cuz you know tom hanks was really pudgy in this movie yeah <laughs> that's what yeah, i'm saying i thought keep it was both on. was it both
0: i thought it was his like his le- his thigh
1: or like his yeah his thigh yeah
0: yeah I don't know. Either way, he's bleeding all over yeah, the place.
1: That, yeah, that was a big... I remember that. He was attracting sharks. So, um, what are some quotes from this movie? I feel like there's probably... I know there's one that I say that I used as the hint last time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I wasn't even sure if you knew... I, I didn't. If you didn't know if that's what I was quoting when I said that. I still don't know what you're <laughs> okay. kind of referring to. So at at the end near near the end of the movie when when the uh uh when the sail like washes up and uh-huh. by sail I mean like the porta potty door or whatever yeah um he pulls that up and he's like looking at it he's just like sitting on the beach looking at it and then it like blows over and he, like he walks over to it with like a quizzical look on his face and he picks it up and he's like he's getting the idea that he could use it as a sail and he's mm-hmm. like this could work and I like I say that you probably don't even know what I'm quoting when I say that, but I always oh, so something we'll talk something about else. Yeah, probably because he says it with like a weird inflection with his voice. It's kind of like gruffer than he mm-hmm. normally talks. That's why it stuck out to me. Is like
0: this could work. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Well, you definitely say that a lot. I say that a lot. That's probably the only one that I quote regularly.
0: Uh. When he's bu- building the fire, I feel like there's. I I need to look this up. What yeah. does he say?
1: There's a, there's a lot of good quotes. So like, when he's like when he gets it started and he's out on the beach, the yeah. dark, the night scene, he's like, "Look what I have created!" Yeah, I
0: beats his chest. Yeah, made fire.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a good one.
0: I just hear him screaming,
1: Wilson. Yeah. That's probably the most quoted thing anyone says about it, this movie. This is
0: the most this is probably one of the most iconic pop culture movies we've yeah, it was, covered it was on this show. Thinking about all the movies we've covered on the show. It's probably one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's this line that really stuck out with me and I'm sure it sticks out with everybody because this is the most greatest movie of all time. Uh it's near the end where he's like reflecting to his therapist and stuff. And he says, You got to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise and who knows what the tide can bring.
1: Yeah. Bars. Hit me hard. Bars. I watch that. You never know what the tide may bring. Yeah. That's like a box of chocolates. You Which never is know what you're going to get. encouraging. <laughs> this movie, Loki encouraged me. <laughs>
0: Um, it's more of a serious watch movie, and there's not mm. a lot of talking in this movie either. So,
1: Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, a lot so of it's the.
0: Borderline a silent film.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I always thought was funny when he's like remarking to Wilson, like, the funny thing is, you know, I had a dentist back home called Dr. Spaulding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I feel like that was something that dad laughed at when yeah. I was a kid. And then like, he got kind of like, oh, okay, I get it. It's another volleyball brain. I always thought that was funny. There's just like little lines when he's talking to to Wilson, but you're right. There's not. I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of dialogue, except when he's talking to himself. Um, and one interesting choice is there's no like music when he's on the island. It's all sound design. Yeah. It's all like the wind and the waves and sound effects. Makes you feel like
0: you're really there.
1: Yeah. And the score—I mean, there's, I guess there's, there's music in the beginning, and I noticed that the music kicks back in when he's on the, you know, the raft that he built, and he like finally pushes past that like final wave to get out into like open sea, yeah. and, like that's when like some of that like music comes in. Some of the best Don notes ever. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the music is really good at the end. This there's, there's just like a little castaway theme because there's not much music but I do like the music that comes in at the end. How would you feel if you survived on a desert island for four years to get back to the woman of your dreams and you got there and she was
0: married? Okay, so number one, I'll never be in Chuck Nolan's exact situation because I would never, at the first place, I'm never going to let my own work take over my life so much to where I avoid... My family mm. and the future of my... I mean,
1: essentially, he's taking this call on like Christmas Day or whatever, exactly. Christmas Eve or whatever. I'm not working
0: on Christmas. Yeah. That's time for family. Mm-hmm. Second, um, how are you supposed to propose and then go on a plane <laughs> without an answer? Are you serious?
1: We don't know what was in the
0: box. It was a ring and you know it. <laughs> And you know it. (laughs) Anyways, my priorities would have been set way before I got on this plane. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to answer this question. Okay, okay. Also, we're a U.S. mail family. We're not working for FedEx. That's a good
1: point. There's another line in the movie, too, where he disses U.S. mail, and Dad laughed at that because he was a mailman. Yeah. Where he was talking about how the trucks for the FedEx trucks were two minutes late today. And it's like, next they'll be four minutes and then they will be eight <laughs> minutes. And before you know it, we'll be the US mail.
0: <laughs> we
1: always love a good US snail mail joke. Some people feel it's like an unsatisfying ending because they feel like you know he should he should, you know, get his life back at the end. Yeah.
0: He deserves uh, it. Right. Which he does.
1: Right, and it's not like—and it goes back to, like, you know, it's—you are bringing up good points of, like, he was, like, obsessed with work and that sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't because he was, like, a bad person, so to speak, and he, like, went through this out of, you know, some kind of, like, karma, so to, so to speak. Yeah, it's just one of those, like—it's it's just like a tragedy.
0: And you just gotta watch it happen and hope for the best.
1: And it's not, like, it's not like he deserved it or it's, it's not what they wanted, but that's how life, sometimes that's how life goes.
0: And some would say the tragedy is after he gets off mm-hmm. the island.
1: And that's Most one of the of things it. I like about the movie is that it still has that great like message of hope. Mm-hmm. How do you keep going when your life completely changes? When you go through an event that completely changes your life, where you've gone through like great loss and grief... I mean, I I couldn't help but, like, be reminded of our experience, like, losing our mom. hmm And seeing this movie, that's why it hit me so hard, was, like, this movie was kind of a allegory for that experience, almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of live by the philosophy of anything could happen in six months. hmm Good or bad. Yeah. So take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm.
1: You never know what the tide may bring.
0: Exactly. Which is why I'm ready to get on this desert island. <laughs> All
1: right, next summer we'll take our hiatus from the podcast, <laughs> and we're just gonna see who can last the longest. If we get a,
0: we're looking for people a to thousand sponsor dollars. Us. If we get a sponsor for our Patreon or just any business that any hiking company that wants uh, to sponsor me, I will survive using just your products
1: mm. <laughs> what's the most ridiculous what's the just, most ridiculous company that could spot <laughs> it okay i mean i feel like it's a cliche question but we should probably ask it it's a movie podcast right mm-hmm. so if you were on a desert island you had access to a tv or yeah. something like what's the what what movie would you bring? Would you bring Castaway to watch on the desert island?
0: I would. No, what I would don't think bring? I would actually.
1: Ice Age keep you
0: cool. I'd probably bring National Treasure number one because it's just be a good one. Probably the easiest, most rewatchable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one that would probably be helpful to watch more than Castaway. When it comes to survival, I would probably go with Garfield 2, tell Two Kitties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I I don't know.
1: Duck Dynasty, Season 3.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a TV show. Because
1: <laughs> then you'll feel like you have a family with you, you know? Out on the island. Yeah.
0: If we're on TV shows, I'll probably watch Lost, because I'm going to go insane anyways. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh man. I I feel like this movie is really underrated. I think there's a lot of I mean, sir, it was like a big movie and it like definitely like you've got everyone yelling Wilson all the time. It's got its like pop culture connections. But I feel like there is a lot more there's a lot more deeper themes in the movie and Mm -hmm. like ideas that are I can't I can't decide if they're like really subtle or if they just weren't executed well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sure. I've watched some video essays and there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I just never picked up on as a kid. That I'm like, wow, there's actually a lot. There's really cool themes of like, obviously him being obsessed with time is kind of part of it too. Yeah. He talks about like um, wanting to have control, you know? So like going back to serious topics, like he talks about how he like had given up hope and wanted to end his life on the island. And he just felt like he had no control over anything. And that was the one thing he could have control over. Yeah, And even that didn't work out for him. So he felt like that was that was kind of a turning point for him of just feeling like I am completely like everything is out of my control. He, he, I think he described it as like he had just like this warm feeling of like comfort or hope kind of wash over him in that moment yeah. after that like didn't work out when he tested the rope and stuff. Of just like knowing that nothing was in his control anymore, that that was an interesting theme. I was trying to point that back to. There's a moment earlier in the movie. Maybe it. Maybe it. I'll see what you think about this. Um, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie. he Gets on the plane with his friend, and he's talk. The stewardess or the flight attendant talks to his friend. Is like, oh, by the way, how's your wife doing? You know, and you notice like it shows Tom. Hank's just being like kind of emotionally distant in that scene. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't, it's one of those things where like he doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what to do in that situation, I guess. It's not him like wanting to be like, oh, I don't care about my friend. Yeah. But so I I didn't know how to deter, how to, what motive to assign to that. Do you think that's because it's like something like, out of his control and he doesn't know how to respond to things out of his control that yeah. was kind of what I was thinking yeah I
0: agree with that for sure
1: other other than that like his other theme or characteristic is like being obsessed with efficiency and time I do not mm-hmm. really I guess that could play into it as like if his wife has a you know a terminal illness or something like that thinking about I don't know how much time you have left or that sort of thing I don't know I just feel like there's a lot more to think about in terms of themes in this movie than I even ever really considered.
0: Yeah. And you probably would think about it if that was the only movie you had on a desert Island.
1: Yeah. But I would still probably go with home alone for sure. (laughs) Okay. It just gives me the warm fuzzies. The longer we do this podcast, the more I'm realizing like home alone might be my favorite movie. Okay. It's, it's, I mean, it's in my top five. I've already said that, but just the longer we go, it's just like, that's my ultimate comfort movie. (laughs) Keep the change, a filthy animal.
0: I would probably pick something cold.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, home alone. Got some snow yeah. sense.
0: something cold and wintry, so that I can feel like I'm not burning up in the hot summer desert mm-hmm. sun.
1: Let's talk about the ending. So he gets rescued, and we we don't have to go into it too much. I I do. I just really love the scene though with um, when he gets back and he has the the scene at Kelly's house with her. Yeah. Cause it's just such a, it's just great drama. I don't know. It's <laughs> okay. just in that moment. I just like th- this whole, they've been separated for so long. And like this tension of like, are they, what's going to happen here? Like, I don't know. I just really like that scene.
0: I don't think I like it at all. You don't like it. <laughs> it I like it a lot. It stresses me out actually.
1: But that's the thing. Like it's, it's, there is so much tension in that scene. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's done really well.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Um yeah, like, like I said, I liked the last 25 30 minutes of the movie on rewatch like more than I liked the island stuff. And I mm-hmm. love the island stuff too. Yeah. But just like that's the unique thing about this movie is seeing what happens after the event and how you keep going. But the ending that everyone like talks about, I guess, is, you know, when he he decides to he drives out to the middle of nowhere. He's at that crossroads. Well, oh, I guess he he goes out there to re- deliver the package. Yeah, back. but he's
0: also in a crossroads. But
1: he's at a crossroads in okay. life. That's where I'm like, okay, maybe that wasn't subtle, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't pick up on it as a kid. Yeah. But he delivers the package back, the one that he didn't open up on the island. delivers. He knocks on the door. No one answers. He say he writes the note like this: Hey, this package saved my life.
0: Which I'm not doing, by the way. I'm going, if I have been stuck on this yeah. island for four years, yeah. I'm sitting on that porch until that person mm-hmm. comes back, and I'm saying, hey, yeah. let me know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I just want you to know this is what, been a part of my life for four years, and this is yours, so here you go. Sorry if it's stinky.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yeah, oh, also, what do you, I, I don't know anything about this. The symbol that's like oh, at the farm, farm like the fiery wings or whatever. Yeah. Do you do you know anything about that? Like, do you have any ideas of what that like symbolizes or anything like that?
0: Do you? No, I, I'm just no, curious. No, I that. don't. I think it's just an artist. Yeah. Her logo. Yeah. And I never noticed that package being in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. Because from just rewatch, I'm just like, oh, he gets on a plane. Oh, now he's on the island, and that's the rest of the movie. And then there's some weird crossroads scene at the end. But, like, the opening scene is at the farm that he ends the movie at. The movie begins and ends at the same
1: place. Yeah. And and actually, side note, at the halfway mark, I watched this in a video essay. Yeah. movie begins and ends in the same place. At the, like, about the halfway mark, he cuts his hand, grabs Wilson, and casts him away. <laughs> I don't know. Someone just pointed that out. I don't know what that
0: means. Okay. But thought I'd bring that up. Neat. neat, neat, <laughs> neat. Well, anyways, it's an opportunity. do you think that he gets together with this artist lady at the end?
1: Well, that's what that's the question, I guess. That's the Because the, the movie
0: provides every opportunity mm-hmm. because at the beginning mm-hmm. she's mailing that package to her husband across Across the universe, yeah. And in Russia, in Russia, and it shows him answering the door, and he's cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just like a return to sender thing. And actually, Elvis's return to sender is playing. I think well, the thing during he, that opening yeah. scene, and so basically, it's got to be returned after going all the way to Russia. See, but at that point yeah. after the 4 years when he goes back, he drives underneath the um
1: the archway where it says like the names is Dick and Bettina. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's two <laughs> weird names. And the guy's name is taken off. Yeah. So, so she's
0: she's a free woman <laughs> at this point.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's implied. I get confused though because I always remember it as like, oh, there's probably divorce papers in there, but that's actually one of the other packages that he opens up on the island. Interesting. It has divorce papers in it. So I, you don't actually know what's in there. Well, what's in the package. That's, that's kind of the question like people talk about. Yeah. You know, is there, was there a satellite phone in there or something that would have saved his life? All this fishing, <laughs> fishing line and all this stuff. and um, Probably not. Who mails probably that?
0: Not. Probably not. <laughs>
1: but it's okay. It's like, you, you don't it's it's fun to like that's not the point of the to movie to make jokes and like theorize about it but yeah. like like you said what was the reason for that it was something to keep going it was something to give them that motivation to keep yeah. going each day um the only thing i could come up with like symbol wise was cool, like was it like a like a guardian angel type thing or something yeah. like that maybe i don't know what a cool tattoo idea it would be cool um one thing that one of the video essays I watched about this point out because all this stuff goes way over my head. Like I know there's something cool going on, but I need people to point it out to me on, <laughs> okay. about movies. But um, the one thing I I didn't notice was like, yes, it's a crossroads. And so, you, you know, he's he's sitting out there by beside the truck with the map out, trying to figure out, okay, which way do I want to go now? What should I do next in life kind of thing? Yeah. And the owner pops up. And she goes back the way to her house and her the road that leads back the way that she's going is like unpaved. It's the only yeah. one. All the others are paved. So I don't know if that's an idea of like
0: It's basically her driveway though. It's,
1: I mean, well it's not <laughs> it leads to her driveway, yes. but it's not, you know. Is that like so when he goes back and when he decides like which direction is he gonna go? Is he gonna go the way everyone else goes or is he gonna go like the road less travelled? Or like the unpaved path mm-hmm. The way that's not as I don't know I also see it as like He's probably going to go after her And like try and talk to her Because like That's what the tide brought him that day Like yeah. where else is he going to go yeah. You know
0: He's, he's re- like he did That's up. just
1: like a chance meeting I i guess he went out there to meet them But Yeah Um, I don't know What do you think Do you think he, he followed her
0: yeah, for sure. I think they're together and they're living happily ever after.
1: Maybe. I think so too. I think that would make sense.
0: That's the optimism in me.
1: For me, when I was a kid, I just like, well, oh, this is kind of an awkward ending. It just ends with him like staring into the camera. Like <laughs> like it just, he but you kind of see him looking off in the distance toward the way she's going. Yeah, I guess you don't know that for sure, but yeah. You're guessing that that's the way he's looking. But I just thought it was, I I never knew how to interpret that as a kid. I never thought as a kid, like, oh, well, he's I mean, gonna. He's you gonna were get a kid, <laughs> that's probably why. Yeah, And I haven't seen it in a long time. This isn't necessarily a kid's movie. There's something there sure for isn't. kids.
0: But we watched but Tom it. Hanks
1: was a staple in our in our household, so yeah. we watched Tom Hanks movies.
0: So. This movie, particularly, was probably part of the default vault.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking about it. Um, as far as Tom Hanks movies go, it was Castaway. Apollo 13. Yeah. And then that thing you do. Yeah. Defaults for sure. I can't remember if there's any other. Toy Story.
0: I mean, Toy Story, yeah. Doesn't really count.
1: Yeah, Castaway was a staple for sure. It was one that I bought on, uh, I had the VHS tape of this movie. Wow, you're so
0: old. Yeah.
1: And it was one of those that had like behind the scenes, like at the end of the credits, you know, stay tuned for behind the scenes (laughs) of the movie, you know. And you like fast forward through the credits. <laughs> I remember, I remember watching some of that stuff. Well, Jeremy, do you have any any other final thoughts here on the on Castaway? It's probably about time we build a raft and sail on out of here.
0: Always be open to whatever the tide brings in. Yep. And keep going. Cause something'll turn up.
1: I also liked. I just remembered. The movie kind of makes a point of showing. Um, Chuck use like the pocket knife on his keys Like yeah, several times he, at the beginning And then like you think he's going to walk off And he's going to have that with him And then he like gives the keys to Kelly
0: before he leaves yeah. So it's like oh it like, would have been nice to have that pocket nice knife little with him slap in the face <laughs> <laughs> It's okay then he wouldn't have figured out the rock knife situation
1: Yeah
0: so. uh, Letterbox scores Jonathan Before oh, yeah, yeah, we wrap yeah, yeah. up
1: Yeah 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 uh, What was your score? Four and a half I give it five out of five. Okay. It's just, I had to. It's a perfect movie. It was such a good movie. And it was basically. Wait, I might have. It was the scene where he's talking to his friend at the end. And with the line that you brought up about. Yeah. That just like, that's what put it over the top for me. It's like, okay, this is a five out of five movie.
0: I may have already put it as a five out of five. It's
1: a five out of five. Five for out of me. five. For me, yeah. From both of us. So Check it out. All right. Well, Jeremy, it's gonna be your turn next week. So once you're off the desert island, what do you what are you gonna cover? What are you gonna watch?
0: I'm gonna leave this one ambiguous and leave everyone at a crossroads.
1: I love how I say next week also, and then it's like next month we put out an episode. <laughs> we'll probably do better. We we'll do
0: a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, we got it. we're gearing up for fall. Alright. So you got a clip for us? Here's a clip. But it's gonna be super ambiguous, just like the ending of this movie. Let me show you what I'm talking about. The human mouth is called a pie hole. The human being is called a couch potato. That is the device to summon food. That is one of the many voices of food. That is the portal for the passing of the food. That is one of the many food transportation vehicles. Humans bring the food, take the food, ship the food. They drive the food. They wear the food that gets the food hot that keeps the food cold that i'm not sure what that is ah! Ah! what do you know food okay well another day another staple our only question left is what's your favorite inside quote from castaway let us know on instagram at InsideQuotesCast. and if you haven't
1: followed us go ahead and do that and let us know if there are any movies you want us to cover on the show
0: Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And our music was done by Alex Burt. And we would love it if you left us a five-star review. And if you do, we promise to read it on the show. But more importantly, five stars, and we'll name our next volleyball after you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed us talking about our childhood staples just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Also, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Until next week, or maybe in four years, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. That could work.